What's up, everybody? Welcome back. Ryan Coakley Knifeworks Custom Knives by Chadborn. <laughs> Ryan Chadborn Knifeworks, <laughs> a.k.a. Ryan Coakley of Ryan Chadborn Custom Knives Works. By Chadborn. By Chadborn. Yeah. What's going on, man? Nothing. Nothing. Just got home from work. <laughs> That's an interesting intro. Been gone yeah. two weeks. Nothing. 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 Just <laughs> plain old shit. Yeah, working on knives, trying to get all my orders out. I only got four orders left to get out, and then I can concentrate on passion projects, quote unquote. There you go. Yeah. Get started on your yard stuff. Yeah. I started the other day, actually. I spray painted a bunch of circles in my lawn where the posts are going to go. Well, there's step one. Yeah. You see that Rup Rupster I got? Dude, that's cool, man. Yeah. she. I mean, it's a rolling chassis, but it's got the body. And I've got a motor, so I just got to figure out a pedal setup. But that thing is badass. What kind of motor are you putting in it? um, Probably a Honda uh, GX390, which is like 12 horse, I think. Sweet. So she'll probably pop a wheelie, I bet. (laughs) <laughs> hell yeah it's got a belt drive differential on the rear end um it's from 1971 it was made by a company called rup r-u-p-p that i had never heard of and when my buddy was like you want this i was like fuck yeah i want that you don't <laughs> see them every day i've if i've never come across one yet then it must be kind of rare so i've seen them before but i can't remember where you know what i mean i don't think i've seen one in person but I've probably run across a video of one or something like that before. I guess they made all kinds of stuff. They made like uh, snowmobiles and mini bikes. And there's a bigger doom buggy version of that one. That one's considered the mini doom buggy. Um, yeah, it seems it's pretty cool. The steering rack was all froze up, but I took it apart and got that all good to go. And that's always step one, right? If something is not working right. Just take it apart. Yeah. basically with a with a project like that that's just wheels a frame and a body i get the rolling chassis good to go then i'll get the body good to go and then i'll start working on what i need to order or whatever because it's going to need some fiberglass work because the body's cracked but that'll be that's a worthwhile project i i spend a lot of time on projects that aren't worthwhile they're like pieces of shit and i just think they're cool so i fix them up and (laughs) I ride them once and then sell them. But so, what's the plan for this one? You keeping it? Oh yeah, that's a keeper. You, I mean, unless somebody offered me stupid, stupid money for it, it it's a keeper. Yeah, because like you said, you probably won't run across another one. No, I can't find any parts for it. Like, I need I need pedals mm-hmm. for the brake and the gas, and good luck. So, if anybody listening has any junk rough repsters laying around, a Baja two thirty E, I need pedals. Yeah, some other stuff, brake caliper, things like that. Well, I'm sure we have several listeners that just have those laying around the yard. So, y'all, I'm sure let I'm Ryan sure in a know. place like Texas or you know somewhere where they can use them year round. I bet there's a bunch of them laying around. But I'm gonna look it up doing? on my local Craigslist and just see. You know what I mean? I'll just search and see if anything pops up. I'll let you know. Sweet. <laughs> So everybody probably noticed we weren't here last week. Yeah, man. That was a Lemony Schlickets series of unfortunate events last week. 
Yeah, it seemed like that episode just wasn't meant to be. Yeah. Sunday we we were in the Jason was in the studio and I was on with him or we were texting back and forth and the computer wouldn't load. Yeah. And then so and then we both had obligations that were time specific since it was Mother's Day. And yeah, that's it. No, that was last week. Yeah, Mother's Day was Mother's yesterday. Day was yesterday, <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, and then if you want to talk about your plumbing issue, my plumbing issue. I like how you're describing this thing. <laughs> putting, putting a little less scary spin on it. I had a little clog, as uh, you seem to like to call it. So uh, I had this pain in my knee, and it was in the back side of my knee. You know, right where it bends in that crease. And it was just hot as hell. Like, even Katie could touch it and feel that it was hot. But, you know, I ain't no punk. Knee pain's knee pain, whatever. I've had five knee surgeries. I'm kind of used to all that shit. Well, my foot went numb. And I'm like, okay, this ain't right. You know what I mean? It felt like, you know, sometimes if you get caught up scrolling or something on the shitter too long, you stand up and your foot's asleep. That's kind of what it felt like. But it stayed that way for like six days. So finally, I'm like, man, I got to go get this thing checked out. Something ain't right. Well, it turns out I had a blood clog. Blood clog. Damn it, now I'm saying it. Clot. <laughs> a blood clot in my leg. So uh, they freak out over that shit. I didn't realize how big of a deal it was, dude. Like, there was no waiting in line for me. I went straight through registration and all that stuff, right up into a bed, and IV stuck straight in me, and it was Pretty fucking intense. Did uh, ultrasounds and stuff. And, but luckily, because of where it was and all that kind of stuff, they just put some uh, blood thinners in me and told me I'm good to go. Yeah, they don't fuck around with that stuff because if that thing starts moving yeah, and it gets up into your brain or gets stuck in your heart, you're in some deep shit, you know. Yeah, and they tested my blood and all this kind of stuff and um, said everything was normal. My sugar was just a little bit high, but I had just eaten. Right before I went up there. So, you know, that's why. But, I mean, hell, even my blood pressure was fine. And I've had blood pressure problems for years. But, yeah, uh, yeah no real explanation as to why it happened or whatever. But my knee still hurts like a bitch for some unknown reason. I learned that about the ER, though, that if you give them, like, specific symptoms, they'll fucking, whoop, yo, you want, no waiting for you. You yeah. get right into a room. Like, uh, so... It's no secret I have gout. I suffer from gout, mm -hmm. you know. Um, and they had me on this medication that apparently, like, a very small percentage of people have a deadly reaction to. And apparently I'm one of those people. Because uh -oh. I couldn't stand up. I was dizzy. My fucking heart was racing. Like, I, I literally thought I was having a heart attack. And so the wife takes me into the ER I tell them my symptoms. They check my heart rate. It was, they call it, what is it called? Tachycardic or whatever. When it's above a certain level, it was like 140 something over whatever. I'm not a doctor. I don't know. Yeah. But they rushed me right in. And then I was like, wait a minute. I don't have to wait in the waiting room. They're like, nope. They <laughs> like, you know, they attach like a color code to your name. Right. At least in the hospitals here. And whatever code I was, they fucking, they're like, this guy is priority. Right. Um, Turns out it was the medication. They put me on bed rest for three days and took me off it. 
switch me on to some other stuff. But yeah, if yeah. they believe you, you know what I mean. They'll rush you right through. What mm-hmm. I did is I went to. Uh, I'm sure they're everywhere, but around here they're called med stops. Just like a little urgent care type thing, and uh, they did some stuff over there. Pretty much just asking questions, and they measured my legs, like around my calves and stuff. And they decided there that okay, we can't really do much for you. We're not equipped. So they gave me like this little piece of paper. Said go to the emergency room. They called ahead and set it all up. So when I walked in there, like they were ready for me. And like they met me at the door with a wheelchair and shit. Pretty nice. It's a little bit scary, but kind of like intense at the same time, you know. Rolling out the red carpet to your grave, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. I think the yeah, worst we- part about the whole deal was when they put me in my room. The fucking remote didn't work, and it was stuck on VH1. <laughs> There's some stupid ass TV shows that comes on that channel, dude. Network TV's dead. Yeah, it was terrible, dude. But I finally just got up and went and turned it off and just played on my phone. It was yeah. terrible. Also around here, we have walk-in clinic, which is like, it's like linked to the main hospital. They're owned by the same company. But like, so I think it was last year, the year before I was drilling into the top of a hatchet at work, trying to drill out the, the, whatever it is that the wedge. Mm-hmm. And it was a shitty Chinese drill bit. And I was holding the hatchet really dumb. And I was thinking to myself, man, I'm pushing way too hard. And as soon as I thought that, I sank the drill bit all the way under the bone of my thumb into the center of my hand, oh, into my palm. God, it I just turned my like, stomach thinking about that. <laughs> <laughs> Fancy Chancy, my coworker, he goes, he goes, you screamed like a little girl, dude. He goes, I knew something was bad because I instantly when it went into my hand i ripped the drill bit out and i thought to myself that was really fucking bad and then i looked at the drill bit and there was like two and a half three inches of fat on the drill bit yeah my bad let me switch that to do not disturb mode usually that's my first step when i get in here yeah i still have a picture of the drill bit i'll send it to you it was nasty but if you go to the er they're not going to prioritize you you know what I mean? Right. So like I was still going to sit there for six hours with a hole in my hand. So I went to walk-in care. They get you right through the door. They soak your hand, had a nice chat with the guy that was like looking at my wound. They x-rayed it. Um, that was a close one. They said, cause so the, it was a quarter inch diameter drill bit and it s- like scraped underneath the bone. And it, they said, if I was any higher and it w- hit the bone, it would have shattered it and I would have lost my thumb. Yeah, dude, that's a big drill bit. Yeah. And I'm a mechanic and a knife maker. Like you, I need my goddamn thumbs. You yeah. Know you're not I mean? doing much without them. Yeah. So that was, I felt lucky. Yeah. You know, my hand was sore for about a month, but the weirdest part is it didn't hardly bleed. Like I sank, I, I ripped the drill bit out. One drop of blood, like went down the side of my hand and then <laughs> that, was, that was it. <laughs> I bet whenever you uh, when you pulled it out, you said there's fat on the bit. Mm-hmm. I bet it was like patching a tire. You know what I mean? You push that plug in there and pull it back out so that it wedges in the hole. You probably had a chunk of fucking Ryan juice all wedged up in there. My boss was all worried that I was going to like file a workman's comp claim, even though I was doing like a side project at work, which I didn't, obviously, because that's not fair. Yeah. That's- um, but he goes... I go, I got to go to the hospital. He's like, fill it with super glue. 
I was like, it's fucking two and a half inches deep. I'm not yeah. super glue, bro. It's not like a cut. You need the whole tube. I yeah, I didn't like get a shard of metal stuck in my hand and pull it out. It's a, it's a puncture wound. Yeah, you'd have to get one of those little precision tips, stick it all the way down in there, and then kind of. <laughs> Dude, that was a pain I will uh, never forget because that that bit was spinning full speed when it went into my hand. Yeah gross yeah i had one similar to that just a few weeks ago but not near that bad mine actually wasn't bad at all listening to that story i was drilling a hole in a cabinet for the knob and went right through and of course when you're holding the cabinet door you should like not have your finger where you're drilling but it went right through and right into the side of my finger I shouldn't even have said that out loud it's like a little bitch talking about that after you're, <laughs> you're doing a half venture <laughs> One of the worst job site injuries I ever saw, and it was, it's hard to say that it was caused by me, but I was the guy holding the nail gun, and I'll explain it. So when I lived in California, I was building a house for my landlord. Awesome guy. He saved my life, literally. Uh, his name's Jorge Eric Weibel. He's an, he's a pediatric oncologist. Um. And we were doing landings from the basement to the first floor, from the first floor to the second floor. And I was nailing up the landing on the second floor. And one of the other carpenters was down on the first floor pointing at something on the landing. Like he was pointing at like something they had stamped on the board or something stupid. It was not carpentry related. Mm -hmm. So he's pointing at this board. I shoot a nail into the board and it hits a knot and does a U-turn. It comes out, hits him right in the tip of the finger. Right down the tip of his finger. Mm. Probably about an inch. Like, yeah, that's... That pow, big, big old frame, galvanized framing nail into the tip of his finger. Lord have mercy. Dude, he screamed like I've never heard a grown man scream in my life. That's because you hot. didn't hear yourself after that drill bit. He was worse, I promise. <laughs> Dude. Cause it hit the bone and everything fucked his finger up. Yeah. And, uh, he's fucking hopping around by his car. <laughs> <laughs> he was all right though. Well, that's he good. Took the he took the next day off and came back to work after that. But dude, he took the bandage off. His whole finger was purple. It was fucked up. I felt bad. But on the other hand, why are you pointing at shit when a guy's shooting full, full size framing <laughs> spikes into wood behind it? Like we've anybody who's done carpentry seen a nail hit a knot and come right out where it's not supposed to. Oh you know? shit, yeah, yeah. And if you haven't, it's impressive. They'll they'll do a straight up U turn, come right out back at you. I mean, they won't hit you because the head will stop them. But dude, I stuck a finish nail in my face just a few weeks ago. I don't know if I said it on the podcast or not. Remember, I sent you the picture. That bitch just, is that what that was? Yeah. I couldn't figure out what it was, so I just went about my day. Oh, thanks, Dick. <laughs> Sorry, buddy. Yeah, it was just dangling out of my face. I was shooting in some quarter round, and I guess I didn't have it flush, and it just curled back. And I felt it hit me in the face, so, you know, instant reactions. Put your hand up to your face, see if you're bleeding. Well, when I did, it hurt even more because it was hanging out of my damn face, and I pushed it in there. So I just grabbed nice. it and yanked it out. Most finish nails have ring shanks on them, too. Oh, yeah, it was. Yeah, nice. Yeah. But it was only 18 gauge, so it didn't leave that big of a hole. Yeah. People get pierced bigger than that. But still, 
that does not feel good. I always no. get nervous using brad nailers and finish nailers, like if you're tacking two boards together or whatever. Yeah, they like the curl. Yeah, it doesn't take much to deflect one of those. Yeah, I like using the crown staples when I'm using if if it's possible, because there's a lot less chance that those are going to curl out of the board or whatever. Mm-hmm. But yeah, man, it's good to be back. It's good to be back in this chair. It's good to be back with our friends on the podcast. Yeah, I'm set up. up uh, I'm set up out in the shop today. Looks nice out there. Yep. Got a nice little heat treat oven over your shoulder there. Oh, you can see that, huh? Yeah, buddy. She's pretty. Homemade homemade jobby. Yeah. Looks heavy duty. It ain't no even heat. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Heavy duty, big booty Judy. So uh, since we've missed everybody for the last week, I'm going to make it a point to shout out all of our Patreons today because we do appreciate all of yous, every one of you. And uh, we got one new one this week. But, uh, again, if you want to help support the show, go to patreon.com forward slash hustle and grind, I think. But if you search it, you'll find us. And uh, for a dollar or more a month, whatever you want, it helps us pay for the cost of this studio. Because the shit ain't cheap. Oh, excuse me. There it is. I was kind of stalling, waiting on that bitch to come up. But, uh, all right. Patreons, we got Donnie Dulovich, KnifeMaterial.at, Aru Bladeworks, Jason Moss, Brigham Kendall, Mark LeBlanc, Papa Hatchie Axe is his new name. I guess he changed it. Uh, Papa Hatchie Axe, okay. Mark Vanderworth, Bex Armory, Todd Harrington at TH Blades, Dennis Tyrell. Todd and Richard Beck. Oh, yeah. Shout out to all of them, dude, for sure. Uh, Dennis Tyrell, Brad Troxclair, Zachary Sowell. I heard today that Zachary Sowell is like a Woody Wax boss. Like, he is yeah. blowing up Woody Wax. He's going through this stuff like crazy. And oh, I got to send Brigham some of that. Brigham, send me your address. Yeah, let's get the Woody Wax out there. Yeah, we're going to spread the love. Maritime Knife Supply, Mr. Lawrence Lake up there giving us some love. Driver Defense Knives, Dustin Driver. Noah Bloomberg at Intiot River Forge. Crafty Man Forge. His name is Chad something. Damn it. I meant to look it up. He's got to post more. Crafty Man, post more, bro. Yeah. <laughs> he's, only, he's only got two IG posts. Really? Yeah. And we got... Last, last time I checked, anyways. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, Brian Hennenkamp at Tortuga Blade Works. Jared at Echo Blades. And Eric Andrews at Sourwood Creations is our newest one. Just signed up this week. So uh, thanks to all of you. We really do appreciate it. And anything that we can do to help offset the cost of this is very much appreciated. I'm looking that up right now. Sourwood Creations. Sourwood. He's our new guy. Eric Andrews. Yeah, there we go. Follow back. Let's see what he's got going on. What's old, what's old Sour Man talking about here? Oh, he's got a little mini bike project. I'm down with that. Oh. Doing some stabilizing, making some cutting boards. He's got a CNC router. X-Carve. And, oh, he's got some... 
Forge Knife Projects. He tagged WFI projects in it, so hopefully they see those. Cool. Shout them out. They look at they actually look really decent. And it looks like he runs a revolution. Yeah, I'm looking at him now too. He's got a bag of bullshit on here. It's literally what it of- says. Disposable bullshit bag. Seals BSN. Oh, I see that. Open bag before opening mouth. Tuck open bag beneath chin. Start talking. Let the BS flow. When full, seal bag and dispose of. <laughs> That's how you get rid of your bullshit. He's only got 37 followers now. 38. So everybody, every, 38. Everybody go out there. Give Eric Andrews some love. Sourwood Creations. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. It, this just popped up on my screen. He's not a Patreon, but I'm going to shout this other guy out. He has given me like... 50, like just about every post I've ever put on Instagram, I think. He has commented on this week and went back and liked. His name is Ed Soul. And uh, he's got 450 followers, so he's doing okay. But uh, he's making some unique things. Uh, something called a skiving knife. I don't even know what the hell that is, but it looks like it's supposed to look like that. How do you spell it? Ed Ed Soul Crafts. Yep, that's, S-O-L. The, that's the man. Yeah. Okay. He's followed by yeah. And he sent Harris. he sent me some comments on stuff too. And Fader Knives follows him. Oh, he's got some nice shit on there. Yeah, getting a follow, Bob. I like this segment. We just came up with this on the fly, right? That's that's good shit. Good shit. Let's go. Ryan Clark Designs. Give my buddies some love. Ryan Clark. Let me look him up. Someone's about to change the channel on us. Like, what the fuck are they doing? Just play on Instagram? (laughs) It's r.clark underscore designs on Instagram. Ryan's a good buddy of mine. He's been working on a titanium folder. Um, He does exceptional leather work. Um, Okay. I just hit that follow button. Damn. Only 247 followers. Yeah. Yeah, we got to give him some love. Yeah, come on, he's guys. A, he's an awesome dude. Um, that knife I made for Bryce Mitchell, Thug Nasty, mm-hmm. uh, he did the sheath for it. Um, he made me a Makume Gane wedding band. Isn't that made out of quarters? Isn't that what that means? Uh, yeah, he didn't make it out of quarters, though. He just bought some copper and nickel and zinc. And Let's let's talk about this knife that you got. This just popped up. The one that you sent the the girl fighter. Speaking of sending to fighters. Oh yeah, that chef knife. That yeah. came out really good. I she lives in like a caravan, like a camper van cuz she's a fighter so she travels around. Right. Um so I just made her like a Kydex blade sheath to go over it. Um she's also probably one of the most attractive female fighters on the planet. I was fixing to say she's fucking cute. Like I'd hate to see that face get bashed in. Yeah, she she don't get fucked up much. She is a, a <laughs> she, bad ass. Hell yeah. She lost her last fight, but it was a submission. Shit happens. People get caught. She is awesome. Uh, she's from Australia. Her name is Jessica Rose Clark. Miss Jessie Jess. Miss Jessie Jess. Well, I mean, how can you lose with a name like Jessie Jess? You know? Yeah. You got to be a badass to back that up. Yeah, she's cool. Not that I know her personally. We've had, like, text conversations about knives, but. Yeah. Well, hey, she that smiled was. and said that your knife was fucking awesome. Fucking beautiful. What'd she say? Something like that. Yeah. That's, she named a bunch of uh, adjectives, I think. 
Good. But I, I warned her ahead of time because she did a class with uh, Neil Kamimura. Is that how you say his name? Yeah. PM Neil. Yeah, you're real close, at least. I know that. Um, I apologize if I mispronounce it. He'll never hear read. this. I know. <laughs> uh, she did a class with him. So I, like, I warned her ahead of time. I'm like, I make these part time out of my garage. Hers was literally the 50th knife I'd ever made. Oh, sweet. I was like, I'm no Neil Kamimura. Just, just warning you a heads up, but they're still quality knives. So I sent it off to her. She loved it. Um, if there was any knife that I've made that I wanted to keep, it was that one. Yeah, it was a pretty badass blade, dude. Yeah, it was. Uh, I put the hollow in the spine like I do for a diamond grind, mm-hmm. and then I flat ground over it, so it made like a nice fuller in there. I was wondering how you did that. Yeah, because it, it makes it feather it at the tip. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like if you yep. put in just a regular fuller, you get a hard, hard plunge line on both ends of the fuller. Right. But if you put the fuller in first and then flat grind over it, it feathers it out at the tip as you get your distal taper in. Does that make sense? Oh, yes. That- yeah. So you just so- use your normal wheel that you would normally do your diamond grinds with. Yeah, but okay. instead of instead of leaving the hollow all the way out to the end like I do on a diamond grind, I ground over it with a flat grind. I like it. I like it, it. Yeah. I did it on accident, and then I was like, oh, that looks awesome. I'm going to do it on the <laughs> other side. You ever done serrations before? No, but somebody wants a 10-inch meat cutting knife with serrations. Me too. 10-inch meat so, cutting knife with serrations. I wonder if it's the same guy. No, it's not. <laughs> it's, it's it's one of my repeat customers uh, okay. for his girlfriend. Yeah, I've got uh the the big knife that I put on Instagram yesterday. It's like I want to say the blade itself's right at ten and a half inches long, so it's like sixteen inches total overall. It's freaking huge. But uh, one guy commented on it and asked if it was uh, going to be serrated. Then I got another DM asking if I could make one serrated from a different person. So when I look at this knife, I'm picturing like a brisket knife. But the guy that bought it is actually going to use it to clean walleye. I didn't know them fish were that damn big to need an almost 11-inch blade. But I've never seen one. I have neither. We have trout and bass and pickerel and shit like that around here. A lot of lakes. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know what a pickerel is either. But uh, we got bass. fish. A lot. It's a junk fish. Throw it back. Oh, uh, yeah. They're no good to eat. I mean, but, you can eat them. I wouldn't, but it's like eating a sunfish. You guys have sunfish down uh, there? Oh, yeah. Yeah, we call them cigar fish. Yeah. But speaking of fish, I got my pond built in my backyard. I saw that. Yeah, so that's doing really good. And something has happened over the last two days. It went from looking like a pond, how it's supposed to, to now the water is crystal freaking clear. So, sounds kind of cool, right? Well, now you can see all the little worms moving around in it. (laughs) (laughs) But here they're not worms. They're fucking mosquitoes. The little Um, mosquito larvae. Yeah. So, I don't have my pump set up yet, but I've got to get some fish in there, like ASAP, to go ahead and start eating up all those little mosquito larvae. Because if all them little thingies that's in there turn into fucking swamp birds, we're screwed. Like, it's bad. It's going to be bad. 
So I don't know how good of an idea it was putting a pond right in the middle of my backyard with the mosquito problem we have, but fuck it. Meh. I mean, there's a full-blown swamp 100 yards past it anyway, so it's not like that big of a deal. You could always dump a bunch of chlorine in there. To kill the skaters? Yeah. Probably wouldn't be good for the fish, though. Yeah. Don't eat them. <laughs> well, I'm thinking the fish are going to eat the bugs. And, you know, we built a pond to start with for the ducks. How deep is it? Uh, it I kind of tried to make like a shallow-ish end. It starts about a foot and a half. But it goes down to probably right at four feet for most of it. But the shallowish end was supposed to be so the ducks could get in there, you know, and kind of ease in. How about the fucking ducks won't get in the water? Ducks will not get in the water. Would you get some lame ducks? <laughs> <laughs> it appears that way. But they've got a kiddie pool, like a little six-foot-around kiddie pool thing. They stay in that fucking thing. And we've even tried to fucking lure them to the edge with mealworms because they love those. And then, like, toss them out into the water. They are not having it. They will not get in that water. Huh. Don't know why. Thought all ducks would just go to water. I got a buddy that built himself a pond. Maybe I need to. I talked to him about him on the podcast before uh he's my blacksmith buddy he lives a few towns over from me but okay he uh so he had this spot out on the back of his property that he put like a fire like a stone fire pit in so he could have barbecues and shit decided he wanted a pond so he dug a 30 foot by 60 foot round pond holy shit 60 feet across 30 feet deep oh my god it's like he's had it like up and operational for like five years now. It's got its own ecosystem going, like this frogs that live in it and fish. And I'm like, that's fucking nuts, dude. So does he have any kind of filtration or like waterfall or fountain to aerate the water going on? Or is it just a hundred percent natural? It's just a pond. Hell yeah. Yeah. Unless he's changed stuff. He's always doing stuff, dude. His, so his living room looks like stone. Like the walls look like stone. Mm hmm. And it's carved and painted uh, styrofoam. And like when I went in this house, I was like, dude, how how does this house support this much weight? And he's like, dude, that's fucking styrofoam. He's like, I carved it and painted it and it looks like rock. I was like, it looks like <laughs> rock. Well, that's pretty like, crazy. You touch it and it's soft because it's styrofoam. Right. But yeah, he's he's an exceptional craftsman. Yeah, like, seems I'd, that be, way. I'd be happy to... Uh, be at his level someday. Hey, maybe our friend uh, Jason Moss can help me out. He's got some ducks. Jason, if you know why a duck won't get in the water, buddy, let me know. Because it's some bullshit. Just do what you do with a little kid and just throw it in. We did that. They hopped right out. Oh, now they won't let us get water. close to them anymore because they're scared we're going to throw them again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, We're thinking about getting one more duck just to see, you know, if we get a good one. If they see one duck swimming around in the pond, maybe they'll follow. Like, you know, they'll see, okay, well, that's that appears to be safe. We can do that. But as of now, no luck. Do you have gators down there? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Maybe they're, maybe they're worried there's a gator in it. Well, I could understand that if they were, like, wild, but they were bred like domestic ducks. You know what I mean? They oh. were bought at tractor supply. So they've never... 
like I guess been in the wild. They shouldn't have those instincts. I wouldn't think. But the kiddie pool, like I said, it's it's all nasty and gross and like they've shit in it, but they love to play around in it. Huh. Yeah. Stupid little critters. Maybe they just won't get in the pond and you'll have duck stew. There's a chance of it. There's a chance of it. But I do gotta duck get some is, fish in there. Duck is delicious. What I like you can duck. put in there like koi. Like Probably, most likely koi, but uh, we went to PetSmart today, and we did it wrong. Me and Katie had some running around to do around town, and we made Pet Stop our first stop instead of the last, so that if we got anything, you know, we weren't going to be able to bring it home anyway. But they don't PetSmart some bullshit when it comes to fish anyway. But we were going to get some of those uh, living pond plants. But like I said, we was going to be out for a while, and they'd have dried up and died in the car. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we want to get some plants in there so that, like you were saying, it can get its own ecosystem going and all that good stuff. Yep, yep. Yeah. Ponds are cool. <laughs> I grew up on a pond. My parents got a giant pond in their backyard. Maybe I'm, like, yep. trying to uh, revisit my childhood in some kind of way. Mentally. Weird. Yeah. That's deep, bro. Deep. Deep like my pond. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you could sit down in it and have it be like up to your neck. Dude, the kids were playing in it when we first filled it up. Because we put a liner in there so that the water doesn't just, you know, soak right into the dirt. They were playing in it while it was filling up. And they were, they were having a fucking blast. But I started backfilling around the edges and it started getting dirt in there, so... They were over it once it started getting dirty. Yeah. The only waterfront I've got is the ditch around my house. But, I mean, I sent you videos. That's like a roaring rapid when after it rains. <laughs> Hell yeah, it is. I remember there's that. A lo- there's a shitload of water coming off the back of my property. Uh, yeah, we've got a creek bottom that kind of almost circles the back half of our property. But it stays pretty much dry. But at, after a real heavy rain, it's... It's flowing hard. But then we got the swamp bottom that just stays gross all the time. Yeah, but ponds are like that. You know. Yeah. You don't you don't you step in a pond, it's not like sandy bottom, you know what I mean? It's fucking muck. Yeah, goose shit. Yeah. <laughs> Lakes are like that around here. It's all like uh decomposed leaves and stuff mm-hmm. so you do a cannonball and your ass will touch the goo <laughs> in the bottom of the lake and come out looking like you just shit yourself yeah it's gross <laughs> well yesterday was mother's day man what'd you do did you have any fun um my wife took me over to her sister's for like a breakfast thing and that was weird because i was the only dude there mm. <laughs> and then like no, that's it. That's it. I wish my mom a happy Mother's Day. That's good. But other than that, holidays stress me out, dude. Everybody expects shit. And I don't expect nothing. You yeah. know what I mean? Father's Day comes around. I'm not like, where's my gift? You know what I mean? I'm like, it's Wednesday or whatever day it lands on. That's pretty much how our family is. We don't really do that whole present shit, except for Christmas, you know. But uh, like Mother's Day, Father's Day, anniversaries, birthdays, we don't. We just don't do all that shit. 
But my parents came over. We cooked them some fried pork chops. So that was good. That was their present. I cooked for them. What nice. the hell? Oh, could you hear that? Yeah, what was that? <laughs> my my phone vibrating on the bench. I have like a, an aluminum plate on my bench. I don't know if you can see it. Oh, yeah. Jew, jew. Yeah. Oh, I had that same phone case on my on my last phone. The back of it. Oh, no. Back of mine was camo. Oh. They offered a camo one. It's probably the same thing. Probably. Bought it from China. Yeah, that's where mine came from. Yeah. So I got a message yesterday, or actually Saturday night. I got a message from our buddy Greg over at Phoenix Abrasives. Nice. Apparently that Hustle 10 promo code is getting used really frequently now. So thanks to everybody for doing that. And y'all keep in mind, that's your one-stop shop for all your abrasive needs. Where can you find them, Ryan? PhoenixAbrasives.com. Yeah. And that's 10% off your entire order. Right. So the more you buy, the more you save. And check this out. This just came to my mind right now. I'm going to call Greg when we finish this. So this code's been getting used a whole bunch. That's awesome. So I'm going to let him know to let me know the next 20 people that use that code. And the next 20 orders, not people, orders. So if you put in two different orders, you count twice. I'm going to send someone a Hustle & Grind t-shirt. We're just going to do a random random draw of the next 20 orders that use the Hustle 10 promo code through Phoenix Abrasives. Yeah, I'll send out a Hustle & Grind t-shirt. That's pretty That's, pimping. That is pretty cool. Hell Maybe yeah. He'll send us some free shit. <laughs> he already sent you some free shit, didn't he? A single belt. And I tell you what, I'm still using that belt. You're still rocking that belt? I'm still rocking that belt. That's why I haven't made a post on it yet. Cause it ain't dead yet. <laughs> like, he's going to think I'm just fucking off with it. But no, I'm still using that belt. Those incinerator belts hold up. Like, for real. Dude, I, and I have I haven't babied it at all, you know. Like, I don't know if I'm the only one that does it, but I have like a method with how I wear my belts down because you don't want to, you know, you don't want to break your 90s on a fresh belt and have oh, no. a face full of abrasive. Right. I haven't done that with this belt. I've just been hammering on it and hammering on it, using it on my carta, on wood, hammering steel, grinding bevels, doing profiles, taking scale off, everything. It's crazy. I bellied up to one of them uh, red Ferrari belts yesterday, a brand new one, when I was profiling that big-ass blade. Mm-hmm. Man, it just ate through it like butter. I mean, it was, it's was. it been a while since I've just profiled a full blade with the belt and not the angle grinder. But I'm like, man, I got this thing laid out. It's a weird fucking shape because the handle's kind of offset. I was like, I'm just going to fucking send it. And it it was hungry. It ate. It tore through some steel. I love them red Ferrari belts. Me too, man. They're freaking yeah. awesome. I'll never do the cheapo orange ceramics again. Nah, what is? Um, ain't, don't they call those the Blaze Norton Blaze or something like that? No, they're like a. That is a brand. Those those belts are meh. I'll, that's all I'll say about them. Nah, meh. I agree. That's how I felt. Was meh. Um, I didn't think they were worth the price. They're ten bucks a piece. They should be like six fifty, seven bucks a piece. Um, these are like a duller color of orange. Mm-hmm. They don't have any printing on them. I think it says like, like made in Germany or 
made in Thailand or whatever. Some That's kind of bullshit. Belt. Yeah. It's like the standard orange ceramic belt you can get from like every single supplier, but mm. I won't go back to them. I mean, those are six bucks a piece. And the red Ferraris are like seven fifty a piece, and it's a way way superior belt. Yeah, you get a lot more, a lot more bang for the buck. Yeah. So yeah, that's pretty freaking awesome. I was real happy because, yeah. like I said, it's I I haven't even put a belt order in in like over a month. I just haven't had time to be in the shop, you know. So I haven't had a need for belts. Shit, it's probably been closer to two months. So for him to reach out to me, like I said, on a Saturday night, there was a text message. I seen his name pop up, and I'm like, that's weird. you know. And it was a, a good message. It was pretty happy. I thought he was going to say, Jason, you haven't ordered any belts. Fuck you. You're fired. Yeah, we're not, <laughs> not going to sponsor you anymore. No, man. It's, it's doing good. So thanks to everybody that's using them belts and put up a post and tag the Hustling Ground podcast and Phoenix Abrasives, all that stuff. I'll share it back. I'll, I'll throw it on the Hustling Ground page on the stories or whatever. And then, same, same, same. Yeah. Speaking of belts, I went through all my belts the other day. I have not thrown away a single belt since I started knife making. Holy shit. And so then I went and I started going through them and I put, I made a little post on the Facebook DIY grinder page. Cause there's a lot of new, newer makers on there. And I said, if you cover the shipping, I'll send you all my old belts. Really? You know, and yeah. And then that way I feel better about not throwing them away. Some of them still have life in them and I just don't use them because of like heat buildup or right. I'm, I'm, I'm picky or whatever. The belt pissed me off and I chucked it on the floor. Um, so I went through all my belts. I didn't count them. <laughs> but this is the box. And they're all coiled up nicely in Holy there. Holy hell. That's probably 30 pounds. What's that going to cost to ship? Oh, probably 20 bucks. Really? It's, yeah, it's going to Jeremy Ballaball. Ballaball. Of 419 Forging. Dude, every time I hear that name, Kid Rock pops in my head. <laughs> But once and also I like I'll say once I realize like Jeremy's a cool dude. I like his work. You know what I mean? So once I started going through my rack, I was not as picky with the belts that I chucked. Right. You know what I mean? I was like, yeah, well, Jeremy's going to fucking go through these and he'll use them so he can. I'll just get them off my rack. Somehow I accumulate 120 grit belts like they're going out of style. I'm like either I just don't use them as fast as I think I do, and whenever I put in an order, I I grab a couple. But yeah, I'm I'm kind of picturing my rack in my head now, and I've I've got a lot on that peg too, and I don't use them a ton. Well, yeah, I guess I do, but I don't really feel like I wear them out that often. No, they seem to they seem to hold up. I'm, uh, I've got VSM ceramic ones right now. I like the purple lot. ones. I'm not sure which ones they are. I've been thinking about trying those. You like those? I like the purple ones. Yeah, they do really well. And uh, the light blue ones are the ones I've had also that do really good. But the purple ones, they they seem to hold up really good too. Yeah. How do you feel about those belt erasers? Do you use those? Yeah, yeah, I do. But if you're going like below even 120 grit, like sometimes 120 grit will do it. It'll start gumming up your belt more than the wood is. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I found it on my drive wheels. 
before after you, know, you clean your belt off <laughs> yeah. and then i'll shut the grinder off and it'd be smeared all over my drive wheel yeah i don't use it on steel anymore i only use it on the belts that i'm cutting wood with yeah because i had that unfortunate situation a while back of trying to etch and i didn't realize that that shit was all over my belt so every time i cleaned it and then hit it on the belt one last time i was just putting that waxy shit right back on the belt and getting a nasty etch yeah but yeah, I like it pretty good. Like I said, for wood, it kind of just helps helps it cut cleaner mm-hmm. a little longer. And if you're doing micarta and stuff, trying to watch the temperature, you yeah, know, having having your belt clean helps quite a bit. because oh, that can be infuriating, especially with that stuff I've got. You know, if you get that a little bit hot, it starts to discolor, and it's like fuck. Now I got to grind a little deeper. Yep. You know. That's like Dymalux, dude. I love that Dymalux, but if you get that end grain too hot, it's going to burn so fucking fast. Mm-hmm. And I don't know you if it's... just like... Yeah. I'm not sure if it's whatever that's stabilized in or whatever it is that they, that they hold the laminated layers together with. But something in it does not like the freaking heat. Hmm. The sides of it are just fine, but the end grain, that shit's rough. I was just thinking maybe I don't go through 120s as fast as other belts because I've started. So, like, everybody knows I love Trizac Gator belts. Well, I bought some 120 grits. So, like, I'll, ju- I'll go 36 grit, and then I'll take a ceramic 120 and get my scratches out, and then I'll go to a Trizac 120 and then work all the way up to 800. I love them Trizac belts. Damn, aren't they pricey? <laughs> so, like twenty eight bucks a piece. How much? Twenty eight bucks a piece, something like that. Fuck I don't, me. If I'm wrong on that, I mean, feel free to correct me. Call me an asshole, but for a thirty six grid, I'm sure. Uh, I think they're all the same. That's old. That's crazy. Trizac guitar belts. So, if you're just fucking around in your shop and you got to grind something real quick. What's your go-to belt? Like, if you just snatch one off the wall, say, like, you got to knock a weld off of a axle shaft or something. Just your random 36. 36? Oh, yeah. I'll use a worn-out 36 for stuff like that. That That's exactly what I was going to say. Just grab yeah. a shit one off the wall that you don't worry about tearing up or breaking. Yeah, so it, I just Googled Trizact at Rockler, Rockler Woodworking. Mm-hmm. They're twenty seven ninety nine a piece. Good Lord, have mercy! But but they last a really long time. Like I probably got a year out of the last set, and they only failed because I broke them. Because I was riding them like almost a third of the way off the side of the platen. Yeah, to like you know what I mean. And uh, it was too much pressure on it, and it snapped it. But those still had tons of grit on them. They last forever. Yeah, I like going over the edge of the platen. I've actually taken one of my platens and rounded it with an angle grinder to where it's not that sharp 90. That way when I do kind of wrap around that edge, I can not necessarily use the platen because that's a little bonkers. But, you know, just kind of give it something to help it curl, I guess. Mm-hmm. It helped. Um, I've been putting my BA shredder together, doing a little... uh time-lapse like compilation video of all the steps 
And one thing I like already about the BA Shredder from Bex Armory is the platen plate is bolted onto the bracket so you can loosen the nuts and slide the platen itself over mm-hmm. and run a slack belt without your tracking. Like, you know, we adjust our tracking all the way to the left or the right or whatever to get it to hang over. You can hang it over the platen on the BA Shredder without it hanging over the wheels. Does that make sense? So you can None. loosen the platen and like, let's say you want to hang it over the right side. Okay. So you, there's two nuts. You loosen the nuts on the back of the platen and you can slide the platen itself to the left. Okay. Like a quarter of an inch. So then you have that overlap on the right side. Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, or vice versa. If you want to loosen it and slide it all the way to the right, you can do that. Right. Yeah, I like that machine, dude. I want to get my hands on one of those one of these days. Mine's almost done. Yeah. Seems like a legit-ass machine, for sure. And, and I I didn't watch Richard's videos until after I had already put the body and stuff together. I wanted to prove that you could do it without the instructions. Right. Because because it's the kit is that easy to assemble. Um, and I did. So, like... You get all the pieces, you lay them out. It's very obvious where each piece goes. You know what I mean? They can only fit one way um, and have the machine work. So it, it was pretty It was pretty good. The only mistake I made was I, I put welds between the hinge plates, and you shouldn't do that because they, rot, they land on the base when it's horizontal or vertical. Oh, okay. So the, okay. Those welds get in the way. Same, same with the Revolution. The Revolution, you can't put welds in certain spots or it'll hold the body of the grinder out. It won't be straight up and down. Right. Okay. That makes sense. When I put my grinder together, my broad back, I laid everything out ahead of time. You know, like I cleaned off every bench in the shop to have room and I laid everything out, organized everything. The only, I won't even say hard part, but the only thing I had to look at instructions for where there were so many bolts that had links that were just a little bit different. You know, like one's an inch long, one's an inch and a quarter, one's an inch and a half. Like which one goes where type of deal. But uh, Broadbeck's another super easy build. I want the Broadbeck surface grinding attachment, but I'm a broke ass mofo, so I don't know. Yeah, me too. How long it's going to be till I can get one? <laughs> yeah, their their attachments fit any old machine that takes the same size, you know, tool arm. That's that's my next big need for the shop you know what i mean as a surface grinding attachment and i've looked at every maker that i can find that makes one and broadbacks just seems like the most legit yeah um not that the others aren't legit because everybody out there that makes the surface grinding attachment they each have their own little you know their own little thing on that that makes it better you know like the angle adjustment on some are different than others yeah um i just like the look of the broadback the best dude you know what I really want? I want a rotary platen. Yeah. I really want one of those. Me too. You, I, <laughs> that's just like one of them things that like I don't even think about rotary platens until oh, somebody brings them up. So I do a lot of, like if I've got a convex edge on a blade, I'll sharpen in that, that little bitty spot between the top of the platen and the bottom of the top wheel. You know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. kind of technically slack belt, but it, the gap is so small that it's very tight. 
I, I yeah. love that little gap. But with the rotary plat, and it's got three different positions on it, you know, as to how far apart the wheels are. So, you know, different, I guess, levels of tension behind it. Because that just rides that rubber belt that's under it. Yeah. I really want one of those. Who makes them? Everybody does. Yeah. Broadback's got one. Does Broadback have one? I don't know. Let me. Should I Google that shit? <laughs> Yeah, I want one of those, dude. But to me, they seem Broadbeck Rotary Platinum. <laughs> I'm not an engineer by any means, or anything even close to it. But it just seems too simple to cost as much as it freaking does. Beaumont Metalworks has one. Four hundred and thirty-two dollars to five hundred and twenty dollars. That's fucking retarded. A fucking surface grinding attachment's like a thousand bucks. Well, I can see that because it's got bearings and it's got rollers and it's got magnets. You know what I mean? Like that seems complex enough to justify the price. But a rubbery platen, that's just four wheels with a big ass rubber band around it. On a plate, yeah. Yeah. Wasn't wasn't Brian Baus looking for uh uh wasn't he working on a rotary platen a while back? I think Brian. that I heard him mention it. I don't think so, too. You're talking about Ryan House, right? Yeah, Ryan House. Okay, yeah. I know he had mentioned it, but uh, I don't know. I don't know where that ever went. I think the his forge projects got him pretty tied up. That I that's coming along nicely. That, that's yeah. a badass forge, dude. I love the doors that he built for it. I do too. I like how <laughs> I like how the burner blows in at a curved block, so it circulates like that. Yes. Enough of the name mess up. Joking aside, Brian House is a fucking genius. <laughs> Brian House is a boss, dude. That man, he work for it suits him perfectly. Yeah, he works straight his ass up. off for sure. Yeah. Straight up, he's the man. Yeah, uh, that forge kicks ass. That thing is like, I mean, just as much as his grinder. You know, the revolution has been literally a revolution. I mean. A lot of makers, including myself, wouldn't be where we are in making if it wasn't for that grinder being put out at the price point it was, or in my case where I couldn't I couldn't afford the kit, so I bought the plans and built mine from scratch. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of us did that too, and and Brian's been he treats every one of his customers the same. You know, like guys who have only bought the plans and maybe a couple sticker packs parts here and there just as much as the guys who have bought three or four full kits you know what i mean um he's the shit i just really wish he would remember my name i I think what you need to do is write him a letter i talked to him about it did you really yeah yeah i said you know (laughs) because i called him out on the podcast Mm mm-hmm and then when I listened back to it, I was like, oh, that sounded a little aggressive. And I didn't mean it in any <laughs> aggressive way. Um, I was just fucking around. And then uh, I, I was like, you know, I was kidding, right? He goes, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, okay. But he still doesn't remember my name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was kidding, but after, uh, not kidding. Get it right. And you know what's even worse? B. Cone and Benjamin Butler don't correct him. I mean, Benjamin Butler, I can see him and I haven't had any real, like, uh, conversation or interaction or whatever. 
B Cone and I have had tons of interaction. Right. Like me and me and B Cone have probably talked more than Brian House have. And he doesn't correct him either. And my feelings are hurt. You're you're triggered right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's all right. I'm I'm forgettable. It's fine. No. I think you're all right. I just do my own thing, bro. Nothing wrong with that, dude. Nothing wrong with nope. that. Nope. So uh 